I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. Philip Bump is the national correspondent for The Washington Post and a brave man. Yesterday, a number of you were bemoaning the fact that the John Durham story was not getting covered in media outlets outside of Fox News, The Daily Mail Uh, and other similarly right-affiliated websites. And I posited, well, first thing I said was, give it 24 hours, and then we'll revisit. And then I, I floated the idea that many are intimidated by it. Many journalists just don't have the bandwidth, either intellectual or time on their hands, to sort it all out. It's so confusing, and it's based on a filing that is itself a peripheral issue to Durham's investigation. But into this equation steps Philip Bump from the Washington Post. Right now in my social media is that which he has authored under the headline, Why Trump is Once Again Claiming That He Was Spied Upon in 2016. Philip, thank you so much for your time. Of course. This is tough stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, it's really complicated, and it's rooted in a relatively arcane to most people's uh, technological practice, which can sound nefarious and sort of intimidating uh, at the outset, uh, but really is, you know, used to some extent as a way to sort of, that complexity itself can be used as a rhetorical tool, which is, you know, I think amplifies your initial point. So let let me get us started, and I, I will try not to keep you too long, and I know your time is short, but I'm, I'm my goal is to provide some level of oversight for people to understand what it's about. And so I, I get into it with a BLT, bacon, lettuce, and tomato approach, as follows. You stop me when I say something that's wrong. John Durham sure. is an American lawyer. John Durham, you can tell that came straight from Wikipedia, by the way. John Durham (laughs) served as U.S. attorney in Connecticut, the District of Connecticut, from 2018 to 2021. Um, His prior high-profile work included looking at the issue of whether the destruction of those interrogation tapes at Gitmo was lawful. He declined to recommend prosecution. In 2019, Durham gets assigned the task of looking into the origin of the FBI investigation into Russian interference in the election of 2016. That appointment was made by Bill Barr. The task, in part, is to determine whether the investigation of Trump and his campaign was lawful and appropriate, which brings us to last Friday. He made a filing. 
And in the filing, Durham was seeking court clarification as to whether a person under indictment has a conflict of interest with a particular law firm. How am I doing so far? Uh, Sounds good so far. Okay. So now it gets a little more complicated. The filing on Friday pertained to someone called Michael Sussman. He's a lawyer who represented the Clinton campaign while he was practicing at a white shoe law firm. He's accused of lying to the FBI in September of 2016 when meeting with the FBI and when presented with documents claiming to show secret Internet communications between the Trump organization and a Russian bank called Alpha Bank. He has pled not guilty. That's about as far as I can go with my simplistic overview. Where do we now want to take this story? Right. So uh, the, 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 the crux of the matter is that Alpha Bank story. So people may remember in October 2016 that this story broke, that there had been this illicit set of communications between the Trump organization and this bank. Uh, it was very quickly undercut pretty severely, if not entirely debunked. Uh, the most rational explanation was that it was marketing emails that were being sent from a server not even controlled by the Trump organization, but through a third-party vendor that had been pinging this bank, and the bank uh, had been doing sort of an automated response. Uh, so there was there was uh, th- that story has now sort of metastasized through the Durham investigation uh, because Durham is looking at the origins of that, how it actually emerged, um, and so we can go to, to whatever level of technical detail you'd like here. Well, who, uh, who is? Yeah, go ahead, please. So the the, the long story short, essentially, uh, is that what Durham is now alleging is that the way in which that story was generated was that someone came to a tech executive uh, who had um, employed Sussman's law firm and said, hey, I've noticed this weird traffic between these two points. And at some point then, it was agreed by someone, it's not entirely clear who, that there would be a deeper investigation. And so the tech executive who has access to a particular sort of uh, internet record had folks, and he worked with a, a university to do this, and they sort of went through it and tried to find all the times in which there had been pings back and forth. There was skepticism internally that this actually rose to the level of something that was suspicious, uh, but it was nonetheless pitched as suspicious by both Sussman to the FBI and by Hillary Clinton's campaign once it was leaked to the press. Is the tech, uh, so the, is the tech but, executive to, to whom you're referring Rodney Jaffe? He is, yes, that's right. Okay, so so Sussman is working at the Perkins Law Firm. A client mm-hmm. of the firm is the Clinton campaign, true? Correct, yes. And he's accused of lying to the FBI in September of 2016, so right in the, the crux of that fall campaign. And what is the lie that he allegedly told? He allegedly said that he, uh, when asked, that he uh, was not acting on behalf of a particular client. Um, and he has pled not guilty. And uh, it is it essentially seems as though the case is going to come down to a he said, she said between himself and the FBI attorney. Speaking. To the FBI's side of it, do they say he was trying to get the FBI interested in this issue without telling us he had a political motivation? Is that the rub? I'm not sure that's what the FBI is saying, but that certainly seems to be the thrust of what Durham is after, yes. Mm-hmm. So in September of 2016, Donald Trump is not in the White House. He's not yet won the election. He doesn't take office until January of 2017. What What is right. the business of, of, of wiretapping the executive office of the president? 
Right. So now this gets into the, the relatively complex technical side. And so I'm going to try and do a fairly brief overview here, which is this. When you uh, are looking something up at the internet, if you go to, say, WashingtonPost.com, there is a server that has to translate that request, WashingtonPost.com, into the actual internet address called an internet protocol address or IP address, which is a set of numbers. So essentially you have to, in order to go to WashingtonPost.com, you have to go to a different server which says, okay, that means you want to go to 1.2.3.4 or whatever it happens to be. If you log those records, when those requests that are made to translate URLs into IP addresses, you can actually keep track of what requests are being made, and that's useful for doing things like fighting cybercrime because it allows you to keep a record of who's asking for what information about what. And so a lot of Internet service providers will contract with third parties or do themselves the process of tracking that. It's called passive DNS tracking. And so they'll keep records of all of those sorts of requests. So essentially this tech executive, his company had access to a lot of those records. Now one of the questions here certainly uh, is about the, uh, the ethics of using that information then to try and dig up political dirt on somebody. That is certainly a question. That is not, however, a legal question. But that is one question that is raised by this. But essentially, then, they went through all of those records to see when were requests being made from this point to that point uh, that might be able to help construct this, what someone involved in the process is called, this narrative of a connection between the two. But I'm asking, and I appreciate all of that, but I'm asking more of a timeline question, which is Donald Trump wasn't even president then. No, you're right. Is the allegation that this then continued, this surveillance, this spying, however it is I should describe it, even when he was president? Right. So right. So that's the second part of it, which is that the records that were involved in the search at the outset involved Trump Tower. They involved a healthcare provider uh, in Michigan uh, because the Alpha Bank server had similarly done the same sorts of things to the healthcare provider, uh, which actually ended up undercutting the Alpha Bank story. Uh, but that it was also involved the uh, some aspect of the executive office of the president because a technology firm had been granted a contract apparently to recollect this sort of information for that network. Uh, so apparently, according to the filing, this has been going on for some time, well, you know, well into Barack Obama's administration uh, and then continued into 2017. But then there was an effort by Sussman, apparently, to go to a government agency, apparently the CIA, uh, and modifying this a lot of apparently to make a new allegation that the DNS records show that there was connection between the executive office of the president and some weird Russian thing, which might suggest that people were using weird Russian phones, sort of a, you know, like a, a further down the line conspiracy theory. So that's where the aspect of it is. And I really think it's important to, to emphasize that this all contingent is all contingent on how one defines the spying, right? So these are records that are stored as part of a process and an agreement between two different third parties uh, and that are then being reviewed. Uh, you know, I think it's easy to say that this is, you know, it's like this is not like someone standing outside of Trump Tower and, and logging license plates. It's sort of like that. And so we get into this weird sort of murky area of descriptors. And we don't really have good descriptors for what the sort of. Well, what was, was. What, that's, was that's the threat. what was Rodney Jaffe, the so-called tech exec? What was his relation to the Clinton campaign? As far as I know, he didn't have one. And so this is the other question. Right. So there are all these allegations that this is the Clinton campaign doing it. When it seems like, based on my reading, this is absolutely my opinion, and I, and I can't speak to this to certainty, but it seems on my reading as though Joffe gets this information and he then comes to Sussman's like, hey, this guy gave me this tip, and that it may have then moved from Sussman up to the Clinton campaign. It seems as though there were conversations uh, based on the logs uh, provided by Sussman's office between 
his office and the Clinton campaign about this work. It is not clear, uh, and in fact, I haven't seen any indication this was actually driven by the Clinton campaign down uh, to move forward on it. Uh, and so I think that is another area where this gets sort of murky in terms of the, the narrative itself. Okay, looked at from the, the Trump perspective, it sounds like there was some degree of Internet sleuthing, snooping, spying taking place that came to the attention of Sussman, a lawyer who had a, a pro-Clinton posture, uh, working at a law firm that was doing legal work for Clinton, and he tried to present all of this to the FBI to get them to investigate Donald Trump. Is that at least a fair articulation of the Trump perspective? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, and I think that I think that that's generally true. I mean, the the question here, you know, obviously there are a lot of ways one can look at it, and a lot of people are starting to look at it in a lot of different ways, as you might expect. Uh, I think that is a fair presentation, but that that is also not exactly. I think how a lot of Trump folks are presenting it. They're presenting instead as the Clinton campaign tried to gin this thing up, um, and you know by spying on Donald Trump. Trump himself has said, but, but, but why is that? But why is that wrong? I mean, maybe, maybe they were trying. If if Sussman lied to the FBI in terms of who he was working for, then isn't that true? Well, the Sussman lying thing. I, the, the 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 issue I'm taking with your presentation is just the arrow of how it flowed, right? So I think that there is sort of this, you know, and I may be absolutely maybe splitting hairs here. I think that there is a, a difference between Sussman coming to the Clinton campaign with, hey, this guy flagged this for me. We're going to poke around on it. And the Clinton campaign saying, hey, we want you to poke around on this thing, which, you know, and, and lie to the FBI. Right. I mean, I think. Got it. Those are very no, no, I things. get it. I totally right. get I get your your distinction. One short paragraph uh, from how The Wall Street Journal is looking at it today. Quote, mm-hmm. the disclosures raise troubling questions far beyond the Sussman indictment. How long did this snooping last? Who had access to what was found? Who approved the access to White House data and who at the FBI and White House knew about it? Were Mrs. Clinton and senior campaign aides personally aware of this data trolling operation? Any thoughts? Yeah, no, I think that's right. You know, and I, I think this this whole issue does raise questions about how this information was used. Obviously, as I said, you know, it is not it is not ethical to have a contract to collect information to use for one person purpose and then use it for another purpose. Uh, and I think it is worrisome that a contractor for the federal government would then turn around and use it in that way. However, that does not do either of two things that are, I think, the crux of a lot of the narrative on the right. That does not validate Donald Trump's longstanding claims that he was spied on. This, you know, that question has nothing to do with that in particular. Um, you know, speaking specifically about the very specific claims that Donald Trump had made, uh, but it also doesn't necessarily reinforce this idea um, that the Clinton campaign was the one that was driving this this activity in the first place. Hey, and, you know, I mean, again, it's really easy to blur all of this together. Sure, no, no, totally. And and look, look how can I was I was going to joke and say, well, I'm glad you and I have cleared all this up. Um, step back for just a moment, a, a final question or two. When will there be clarity as to what really went on here? Uh, it's a great question. I mean, now Durham's investigation has now outlasted uh, Robert Mueller's investigation. This thing's been going on a long time. Uh, it's not really clear. It seems like Marcy Wheeler, who's a good journalist and has been tracking a lot of this stuff, has this theory that essentially uh, Durham is trying to make a case that uh, he's trying to build essentially a, a conspiracy to defraud the United States case that that involves all of this. You know, that's sort of her speculation. But it seems like Durham is at least trying to put the pieces together to point to something along those lines. 
how long that takes, I, I honestly have no idea. I mean, it's, it's already been going on a long time. Philip, I can't thank you enough. And, and, and by the way, I wasn't joking when I said you're a brave soul because I do believe that many just can't touch it because it requires so much uh, intellectual investment. It's a very complicated story, and you obviously uh, weren't dissuaded by that. So nicely done. That's true. Thank you. I appreciate it. Philip Bump is the national correspondent for The Washington Post. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform slashing manual tasks and errors over 37,000 companies have already made the move so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. I'm going to hit you again with my Whitewater Watergate analogy. And this is a no-brainer, right? Right. Into which category, for those of you perhaps new to the program, this is how I define political scandal. Is it whitewater, very confusing land transaction, or, and yes, I understand the, the blue dress ultimately sprung from the whitewater investigation, but come on, whitewater, nobody understood it. Nobody could make heads or tails of it. Watergate, oh yeah, burglary. That's when a guy breaks into my house. I don't want that to happen. Honestly, if whitewater and Watergate weren't both W's and it was fun to say that, you would have to put Durham instead of Watergate because it is even more confusing. So here's what I think, TC. I think that because it is so confusing, Using, it is easily able to be manipulated for however you would like to see it. Whatever headline you want to put on like, it. Like last night, Jesse Waters, last night, Jesse Waters on Fox News had, you know, his own soundbite on it where it's it's like Hillary and she's and the New York Post today. The New York Post has a cover which is all about Hillary and and like two days, by the way, when she's going to deliver a keynote address to New York Democrats. But 
what I'm trying to say is that individuals are taking advantage of the complexity of it when they discern it down to a soundbite. And who can tell them they're wrong? Because, I mean, my God, I'm sitting here saying I'd like to talk about Durham on CNN on Saturday, if for no other reason than to stop people from saying, oh, why aren't you talking about Durham? Um, But how do you do it? I mean, Sirius XM, God bless Sirius XM. I, I can interview Philip Bump for 20 minutes and I can entertain phone calls and go on and on and on. But how do you my segments on CNN are four minutes long? How can I do how can I do this subject any justice at all? I mean, to me, what I'm what I'm most taking away is that Durham Durham is looking at the origin of the Russia probe. Durham is looking at the origin of the Russia probe. He's a serious prosecutor. He was put in that position by Bill Barr. It's taken him a long time. He's indicted a lawyer, a lawyer who worked for a firm that was representing Hillary. The claim against the lawyer, which the lawyer denies, is that he shows up at the FBI in September of 2016 in the 11th hour of the campaign and and is and is uh, dishonest as to who he represents. You know, doesn't doesn't he he represents that he's there as a private citizen when he's there allegedly reportedly trying to benefit the Hillary campaign and to get the FBI interested in investigating this potential connection between a Russian bank called Alpha and the Trump campaign. I mean, at at its core, that's the charge. And then a lot of things spring from that. Um, This is what Jesse Waters said last night on Fox this weekend. Special counsel John Durham dropped a bombshell report. They don't wasn't call even a report for nothing. Durham's crooked, team right? filed in court. And if there was ever any doubt that Clinton was behind the Russia hoax, that's officially gone. Durham's documents show that Hillary Clinton hired people who hacked into Trump's home and office computers before and during his presidency. And planted evidence that he colluded with Russia. And look, it's just not. Yeah. I read the document. I read the filing. I read the filing. It's like 20 pages long. I, I took none of that away from it. But who is going to sit there and refute point by point? Nobody. Because you got you got to really, really get into this. And, and having spent the time to get into it, I still don't understand most of it. But I know enough to say that there was not a bombshell report. There was no report. There was a filing about about whether a lawyer has a conflict of interest with a law firm that could present an issue at trial. Yeah, it's a story that is totally taking advantage of uh, our limited attention spans. That's what I wanted to say. And, and by the way, I'm not being dismissive of it at all. I want to know the full truth. If If this lawyer was trying to gin up a story and get the FBI to take down Donald Trump. I want to know it, and he ought to be indicted for it and prosecuted. Anyway, that's my attempt in 15 or 20 minutes to at least get us into a Durham conversation. The survey question today at Smirconish.com asks this. Will the result of John Durham's investigation significantly alter the way a majority 
of Americans regard the 2016 election? Is something going to come from Durham that causes us all to say, wow, man, that that really changes my perspective? Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.